Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 61 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. How has your week been? I hope you've had a sensational one. I've had the best day. I've actually had a really great week, performed really, really well at work, um, and I'm getting clearer on what success looks like for me and how to kind of regulate that um, as I go. I have a lot of up and downs. Like I'm a very um, energetically readable person when things are bad, in my opinion, and you, everyone kind of knows that that's how I'm feeling about it. Um, and when things are good, like I'm on fire and energetically, everything is much more aligned. It's much better. I mean, if I could be up all the time, I would be. Um, but, you know, one can hope, right? <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. But yeah, I think we're a long way, a long way off that. And then today I had a mother-daughter date and honestly, since becoming a mum, it's just so nice to get some time, just me and my mum. So I dropped my daughter off with my dad this morning and she's like, I said, are you going to be Pa's girl today? And she said, and Grammys. And I was like, no, 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 mummy gets to be Grammys girl today. So it was just, I've had the best day just, you know, connecting with my mum and spending really quality time. And that's my love language. For anyone who doesn't know about love languages, um, I highly recommend having a look. So we all give and receive love a certain way. Um, and in relationships in our lives, if we don't um, if we don't have a similar love language, then we can find that really disconnecting. So yeah, I absolutely love um, the five love languages. I can put the link in the show notes for anyone who's who's looking. Um, but quality time is mine. And I got to do that with my mum today, which is just yeah, absolutely awesome. So today I want to talk to you about the power balance in relationships. Um, lately, I've been pondering the idea of what happens if we could no longer ask one another questions. And you'll need to bear with me for a second as I kind of tangent, but I'll, be, I'll come back, I promise. I spend a lot of time overthinking things and that can be about my kids, it can be about work, that can be about any decision I'm trying to make uh, and, you know, how I define things like I was talking about success earlier. So I got in the car after work the other night and I word vomited all over Damien <laughs> and he was like, stop, stop, you've just told me four different things in one sentence. But I do tend to go into pros and cons, overanalysis mode, and I spiral with a lot of things. And sometimes it's completely valid. There are times when it's a big decision, uh, it will have a big impact, and therefore the level of consideration is not only warranted, but required. In other instances, it should be a quicker like boundary, like, no, this is what feels right for me, this is how I feel about it, the decision's made, and move on. So decisions that don't quite you know, require that level of consideration and that maybe I should make that decision more readily because then I could move on to the next step and move through and learn the lessons I need to learn a lot faster to progress. Um, you know, sometimes that's stopped when I overthink things that, you know, don't require that level of overthinking. So when I go into over-analysis mode, I tend to waste a lot of time. I waste a lot of energy. You know, instead of finding out the answer uh, and making a decision and moving forward, I circulate around it, you know, a lot more. A thought I had the other day was 
that one of the things I believe binds us together and fuels and nourishes our connection with one another is our ability to talk, to discuss things, to pose different perspectives, you know, use that old expression of, you know, chew the fat and, you know, ask questions for clarification or for other people's point of view. I watched a TED talk by Joshen Wegner. Wegner, I'm really sorry to Joshen if I have completely mucked up the pronunciation, which I'm so sure I have. I think it's German. Um, they paired people together like uh, like Tinder kind of, like you could get on an app and you could swipe and meet up with somebody that had completely opposing political views to you. So if you were very pro-gay marriage, then you could meet up with somebody who was very, very anti-gay marriage and just understand their point of view. And it's this amazing concept where the facilitation of open discussions in person as well led to increased awareness and understanding, collaboration, communication. The stats they have on this is absolutely brilliant. So I'll put the link in the show notes um, because it's so worth listening to, to understand the debate and the discussions that happened in person that never resulted in um, physical aggression or physical fights. Just awesome. And a lot of the thoughts that I've been having, which I'm coming together, I'm bringing it together, I promise, have been born from using ChatGPT a lot for work, just to sense check a lot of what I'm doing, how I'm writing, um, to find counter arguments for things or to create, you know, possible objections. You know, it's a program that definitely enables me to be proactive about my approach to consider the opposing side in my argument in more detail um, and definitely saves me time instead of me having to cycle back around things or, you know, visually in my mind going into different perspectives or different points of view or doing things in a fictitious way uh, where, you know, my experience and my worldly view can only allow me to comprehend so much. So. Whether it's as a management consultant or a life coach, I'm either finding a solution to somebody's problem or an organization's problem and proposing a potential solution where I have the answers from experience or I'm finding the right person or resource or questions um, to help that person or that business explore their potential options to solve the problem that they're experiencing. Really, the synergies between the things that I do in my life professionally are very, very clear. And that at the core is what I do. I help an organization or I help a person move out of their own way to solve their problems and to be better. And really, you know, it's my organization um, or my personality with those two professional kind of arms to what I do that draws somebody in to say, yes, it's you. I'd like you, you know, I'd like you to help me. Um, you know, and then they can try what I do on like a jumper. And then they can say, yes, that will work for me or no, it won't. Then you try it before you buy it type of thing. Me, I mean. And everything I do is very process driven because I'm very process driven. I like structure and order. And with that foundation, I can then cope with blind sides and you know, potential variables that come my way that I wasn't able to anticipate in the beginning. And often, while it's a process driven and structured approach, it is also creative because the processes may not be sequential, as in the case with life coaching. So with life coaching and the clients I work with, you know, understanding the client's needs, I, I don't have a crystal ball. 
I can't anticipate what my client is going to need from the outset or even through the sessions that we have. So I need to know what I do well enough to be able to ebb and flow with the client and use the tools I have available to me that I have learned and I have practiced over time to deliver what they need at that time when they need it. But in the absence of having that creative thought or considering you know, the different options we have available to us on things and instead relying on technology, software, AI, I just don't know what we'll talk about. And I guess I've come down to like the thing that we will talk about is, is shared experiences, commonality, common ground. I know in the past I've often asked other people questions as a way of bonding or empowering them. And I don't mean that strategically. I don't mean I'm in a conversation going, oh, like I need to empower this person because they don't seem empowered in the conversation. Like that's not it. Like I've never, I've never thought like, yes, this person needs, you know, me to empower them in this conversation. Sometimes at work I have, and that's called managing up, but it's a different sort of scenario. But sometimes I will ask questions so they feel maybe more validated, um, you know, whether I've got the answer or just, just to sort of realign that power balance. And that wasn't what it was about. It was about the power dynamic we had, feeling a little bit skewed and me trying to bring it back to a place where it felt normal and even hierarchical in the way that it had been um, sometimes even before it had become like that out of balance. Sometimes when you meet somebody, there's it's already out of balance. Sometimes when you meet somebody, it's in balance and then things happen and it becomes out of balance. So I've always liked an equal power balance where I feel like we can both say our piece and we can respect that and then we can move through it. Um, but when the power balance is skewed, often somebody won't speak up or they don't feel like they can voice their opinion because of that power balance. One thing we talk about a lot in coaching land is that when you grow and change, so you get more empowered, which means your power dynamic with the people around you changes. You know, when you get coached, you grow, you change, you develop. Sometimes the people around you notice a shift and that can often result in friendships or relationships you've had for a long time changing. And in coach land, it's often painted as a positive thing because people typically attracted to personal development are seeking something whether that's more or just different to what they have now. It's often perceived that your growth should be your priority and that some relationships are for reasons, seasons and others in a lifetime. I think that's the expression anyway. And I do agree that some relationships as you grow will become less impactful, less important, and you will become less connected from people who are no longer serving you on your longer term trajectory. Your values, when you know them, will become clear when you get coached and they almost guide you more consciously when you're aware of them. This happens when you work with a coach. So before that, you're floating through life typically, this is me anyway, and a lot of the clients I work with, and you know, life guides you. You have values, you just don't consciously recognize what they are or Worse, you haven't strategically chosen what values you want to guide you through your life. And then you find yourself in friendship groups and you spend time with people because that's what you've always done. That's where you went to school. That's who you've worked with. 
Uh, and so they're the people that have come into your life. Not because they're people that propel you forward, not people, you know, that support you, not necessarily people that are good for you or for your life goals and vision, but just because they're people that are there and you've come across. Some will stay, some will go, and some will be there for a really long time, whether those relationships are working or whether they're not. So now you're actually starting to put in place what you want for your life. And I do think that this is immensely important because I've seen this with my clients. So you are floating through life, guided by your values, and then you work with a coach and then suddenly you design your life, you design your values. And your client that I'm working with at the moment, she's had massive change. She's finding her relationships are getting better and better and she was reluctant to shed old ones. She knew deep down that the relationships weren't serving her and she's moving on. And there's no song and dance about it or some big statement or some big farewell. She's just slowly distancing herself and filling that space instead with people that she wants to be spending more time with. And she's finding that, you know, these people are making her feel better and they are very proactive and supportive of her fulfilling the vision of who she wants to be, how she wants to show up in the world and of the future that she's creating for herself right now. It was harder in the anticipation of her recognising those friendships that were no longer serving her than the decision she's now made to slowly fill her space in her life with things that mean more to her. Her empowerment from that is a really inspiring thing to watch and she's just blooming. On the flip side, I've also coached clients who have had relationships that have completely disintegrated because those relationships were no longer in alignment with who they were and who they were deciding to become and how they wanted to live their lives moving forward. And as they've stepped into the person that they want to be and things are happening in their lives that they've always wanted, they're going from strength to strength to strength, the demise of those close relationships has been really, really hard because they were so emotionally attached to those relationships and it wasn't on their terms. Those relationships were not supportive of those clients moving forward when they started to show their true colours and really become who they wanted to become. The friendship was more based uh, on who they were and the needs that were met by their friends because that person was being who they were, not who they are or who they want to be. So there's an element of that being quite fake. We all like to believe our friendships are true and honest and will be supportive and will change and grow. But the truth is you actually don't know that until you're in it. And until you begin to change and do what you want to do, so many people can't handle you changing because the power balance and the needs that you fulfill in them, you do as you now, not as who you want to be. And that's why as a coach, I'll often do a lot of clearing work. After that, my clients are free to move on and continue to grow and expand into the person that they want to become. And they can more easily let go of those relationships that may have been there for a long time, or even if they were there for a short time, were very impactful uh, and had a, a big um, yeah, emotional pull for the clients. I also think there are some relationships that you may not want to let go of. And then that's about learning what power balance you have in that relationship and being able to keep that power balance as it is while simultaneously trying to grow into the person you're becoming, which can be a huge challenge. 
probably at times you'll get it wrong and that's okay. (laughs) Then it's about repairing it and putting strategies in place to maintain that relationship while you're in a growth phase. Again, at some point you'll realize that may be too fake for you and you'll have to be a certain level maybe of fake to maintain that relationship. And you can choose to keep doing that or you can choose to be courageous and brave and fully step into who you want to be authentically, truthfully and unapologetically. And that will depend on what you get from that relationship and what you're not ready to let go of. Nobody will force you to do anything you don't, A, want to do or B, aren't ready to do. It's just a tricky thing to navigate. I remember seeing a Tony Robbins documentary where he got someone in the room to phone their husband or boyfriend, I think it was a husband, and break it off right there and then on camera in the room. So in coming back to my original point, I would use questions to try and connect and empower and bring that relationship back into equilibrium. If we think about every relationship having an equilibrium where each person has power equal amounts of the time, time because in any conversation or any interaction, one person will typically hold more power than the other based on their experience, their beliefs, their convictions. So depending on the topic of the conversation, for instance, one person may have a different viewpoint and have more conviction than another, which sways that power balance. And that in an equal relationship, that power balance will swing from person to person. So once that equilibrium does sway from one person to the other, that's when it can feel disjointed and disconnected when one person has more power more of the time. And if that doesn't swing back to provide equal opportunity, and the overall feeling isn't good, or that's not what you personally want in that relationship, it's about putting those strategies in place to maintain that relationship, but also being able to listen to your inner voice and to feel empowered within it still. And the hard thing about that is that to maintain that relationship, you are going to have to either compromise your values and your integrity because you're going to have to lie and you're going to have to play ball and play their game instead of yours or you'll have to at some point let it go. But what got me thinking was if I couldn't use questions because there's Google and ChatGPT and AI and you know other technologies that are just skyrocketing, then how would we actually connect? And I think my answer is that I would have to find a way to have shared experiences. So when we had common ground to discuss, we could have passions and we could have things and experiences together that we could talk about. You know, whether that is ideals you know, without swinging into a debate or causing any friction about how we're choosing to live our lives uh, and how we agree or disagree with that. Not everything has to be so heavy, um, but I do think that sometimes it's good to have a connecting point. I hope this is making sense. (laughs) And I hope I'm not sounding too cryptic. Maybe I haven't sort of processed these thoughts enough, but I'm sure you have relationships or have had relationships in your life that have been highly influential on the decisions and the choices that you've made and not necessarily in a way that you were enjoying it. And then you had a point in your life where you've tried to break away from that or maybe breaking away is something that you want to do but you haven't taken that step. And so you need to actually strategically consider what it looks like if you do. How you can do that without burning the relationship entirely is something you need to think about. And I think it's very relevant when it comes to family. 
If you want to keep your family around and intact, there is a way to do it. But it's about being strategic and working it out ahead of time so you can choose to be your true and authentic self and who you are choosing to grow into and who you want to become and the values you want to uphold without feeling the need for them to have any sway or input into any of it while also not burning the relationship. Know what you stand for, know what you value and what you don't and create non-negotiables. I've talked about non-negotiables before. But when you have clear non-negotiables, you have the ability to draw lines and walk away while understanding why it is you want to do that. If this isn't done ahead of time, it can be conflicting and confusing. It can also create arguments that then create rifts too big to repair. It can draw you into overanalysis and waste your important and precious emotional energy, which are better off going towards you being the person that you want to be instead of being dragged into drama by other people or the power balance that they may have with you in that moment and you getting swayed. Because as soon as we embark on new endeavors and we're in a state of change or we're looking for things to grow into, it's shaky ground, right? Because it's new. We don't know it. We haven't practiced it. We haven't walked the talk with those values that we have strategically and consciously chosen that we want. So it's very, very easy once we make those new choices to be swayed by people who've known us for a long time and by things that we've always known and always fallen back into because we haven't actually practiced the new us for long enough. But if you find you feel compromised a lot of the time because you've got values and or you're being triggered by, let's give an example of family, you're being triggered by family and you're like, mm, why is this upsetting me so much? I can almost guarantee you it's a values thing. They are pushing your boundaries. They are questioning your values or they're, do- they're proposing something to you that you disagree with or that you wouldn't uphold for yourself. And because they're family, you feel that you can't say anything or that if you do, you're going to create a lot of drama. You're going to create rifts in the family. But if you can strategically think ahead of time how you can handle that situation or whether you need to deploy other family members to work some things out on your behalf or whether there's a better way to go where things don't blow up, but you still get more importantly what you need then it's definitely something that you need to consider ahead of time. Find ways to connect that you value with other people. Find experiences, find things that are healthy for you, ways that leave you feeling supported and nourished and not drained and antagonized. Enjoy connecting with others and do it in a way that's meaningful and healthy and nourishing you. Until next week, have an incredible time. Find things that you're grateful for and just start to look at the power dynamic in the relationships with you and those around you. And I'll see you next week. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial. 
so that other people can benefit from your insights and have a listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. Bye.